Good morning, good evening, good night, folks. This is your Football Scout 365 host, Dallas Woody Massey. I'm here with the whole staff today. We have Coach Brandon Lumberg. What's up? What's up? Yeah. What's going on? Like we just did this. Yeah, it feels like feels Take so nice two. we did it twice. Uh, coming from a trash compactor, live from the Death Star, the fantasy Jedi Master at Nasty Nate Parker. Oh, is that my new handle? All right. What's going on, man? That should be. I like it. Uh, then we got CSPM McLaughlin. What up, fellas? What's going on, dog guys? Dog days, man. We're in the dog, dog days. days. Summer. We just uh, we just finished a fantasy auction draft. How how do y'all feel about that? Uh, we gotta choose another word. <laughs> yeah, that, right. <laughs> I what? It sounded like a good idea once we got into it, and then I was like, this makes me. And the chat, someone's like, hey, CJ, did you auction? I'm like, what'd you say to me? What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, did you ever see the comments you. that ESPN had for their, they did a live auction draft one year on, on, oh, on air and like Matthew, like they're holding up pictures of guys and they're auctioning. Oh. <laughs> Bro, it, it did not come off well. The That's comments right. underneath are like, this is, this is not right. <laughs> I, all I know is that, all I know is that. I drafted really well in that auction draft. You had a strong start. You had a strong start. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and then, and then you got the Daniel Snyder treatment. I mean, <laughs> hey, 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 Daniel Snyder's technically still an owner. So, yo, real I, talk though, Nate, it's mad impressive. Like I've never <laughs> seen someone like just straight get sabotage like, a team. Yeah, like straight up mid draft, like he's out. <laughs> Yeah. It's like I wasn't I all right. Explain anyway. yourself, please. <laughs> I, I wasn't trying like I want obviously I wanted to to, to be there, but uh, uh the, the commissioner the commissioner the commissioner had other ideas. Uh it's all good. Um no hard feelings. Uh I'm sure that, that league will do super well in because <laughs> that commissioner's really solid and doesn't make any suspect trades. There you go. Good job. Kissing, kissing babies, shaking hands. Make sure you stick to the script we went over. We practiced this all night. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Hello, my name is Nate Parker. <laughs> uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in today, guys. Guys, speaking fantasy right around the corner. Your drafts are probably about a month away. Um, the best, well, I, I mean, maybe not the best, but the most league-winning is position. Because the top of this tier separates itself by points. Usually the biggest of any fantasy position. It's my favorite position. Used to be used a lot more when uh, I was a youngin. When Brandon was a youngin. Then it got outlawed. Then, oh, then it got outlawed. Oh, yeah. Oh. But we're talking running backs today. And I think this is going to be a theme for the next couple weeks. We got we got some different topics to go over. But today we're talking because we're a draft center podcast here. We have after further review. Uh, and we got the new prospects coming up right around the corner with the spring games and everything. And that, speaking of that, go check out. We just posted Bijan Robinson's highlight tape on our YouTube channel. Goes over Impressive. a bunch of different formations there. He'll probably be the number one running back drafted next year. He looks like it. Yeah. Really good tape. On, on a team that's <laughs> not that great, right? right? So it's some Saquon-esque to it there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they got a bunch of alignment transfers this year, too, I think. So 
they uh with the pancake just, club and whatnot oh well i guess it doesn't matter but arch manning did commit to the yeah. university of texas so that's going to change a lot of where guys what? are thinking about going before we move on obviously we're college football fanatics here but you know, Clemson back in 2012, 2013, when they started the trend, the right, you get a couple of recruits with the right name, like Deshaun Watson, what have you. And then, you know, you get other players, you get receivers coming in, you get your running backs coming in. Um, perhaps Texas is on that same type of trajectory, perhaps? Yeah. I mean, there is a strong running back pedigree line in Texas. We've had uh, guys, even if they haven't done anything, consistently get into the league. Like, uh, I mean, let's, Deontay Foreman was so good that people have been kicking his tires for like four years, coming back from injury, and last year he finally showed up, ran for 130 yards twice. Yeah, I had, for Derrick Henry. I, I had read something on Reddit about Bijan Robinson potentially being able to receive enough money to not go to the NFL next year so you could see wow. him paired up that'd be yeah. awesome like teams that'd be awesome these these nil collectives out there can raise enough money to kind of keep a guy on campus now well that's something actually Which i'll just throw this out there before we do the news you saw so brandon that quarterback uh prospect that i told you about i have been sending you uh updates Was about miami rashida uh, yeah he, he yeah he went to miami i wanted to look up his name to he denied, like, having any kind of NIL deal in place and all that. Like, yeah, well, he, apparently, so his, his like, <laughs> agent or whatever we're calling these guys that are setting collectives. up they uh, he came out and said apparently Florida offered him $11.7 million. Is that over deal. four years or over three years? <laughs> and Ryan, yeah, Day, right? Ryan Day is up here in Columbus saying, I need about $13 million total. And there's one guy who could get 11. Yeah. And, and, and the Bijan talk was like 20 million. I know. It's and he's insane. got a deal with Lamborghini already and all of that. Yeah. Well, well I figured a dude named Bijan. You know, you know, well, my biggest issue with this NIL stuff. And uh, I look, know. these kids. I mean, me, me neither, really, right? But like, like, this is kind of off of football. Mikey Williams, right? Been in the basket, top five star recruit basketball has been for the last four or five years. When all this nil stuff went down, this little fifteen year old punk got like a million dollar deal with Puma, bro. I am thirty one. There's fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year old kids out here that got mm -hmm. more net worth than me. That's why you got, we got to get together. We got to start a collective. <laughs> we got to pick it up. The Football Scout 365 Collective. We've got to get there to a point where we can yeah. make it happen. Well, that kid, he's going to Miami because he wanted to go with uh, the new coach, Cristobal, from Oregon. Yeah. He really liked his offense, thought he'd put him in the best position. So that's a big win in the Florida recruiting wars, getting a top, top two quarterback and stealing him away for less money, which is crazy to say yeah. now about college in Florida. All right, y'all, let's hop into the news. Shorter one today. One long story at the end that we're going to go through, but it's very interesting, so just try and listen here. Uh-oh. Rob Gronkowski retires. Uh, is he the greatest tight end of all time? We'll talk shortly. This weekend, the second annual tight end university went down in Nashville, Tennessee. Tight end university is a three-day retreat for NFL tight ends to come together and work on the nuance of their craft. Travis Kelsey, Greg Olson, George Kittle are responsible for running the camp. It looked lit, too. Saw a bunch of interviews from it. 
Guys look like they're having a great time. Baltimore Ravens edge rusher Jalen Ferguson dies at the age of 26. RIP. Former Baltimore Ravens nose tackle Tony Goose Saragusa dies. And I think he was like 55 or so. Goose was one of the best sideline reporters ever. Expectations are that the Congress will subpoena Daniel Snyder regarding poor workplace accusations of serious workplace culture. Daniel Snyder has been super quiet this offseason as it's declined to voluntarily testify. If you live in a hole, here's why he has been quiet. In July 2020, the Washington Post published a series of articles alleging that over 40 women who are former employees of the organization, include office workers, cheerleaders, have been sexually harassed and discriminated by Snyder. And, and other male executives, colleagues, and players of the team since at least 2006. In December 2020, it was also reported that Snyder had settled a sexual harassment claim with a former female employee to the sum of 1.6 mil. Damn. The alleged incident had occurred on his private plane while returning from Academy of Country Music Awards in 2009. Nothing good happens on private. In 2021, a year-long independent investigation into the team's workplace culture, led by lawyer Beth Wilkinson, was concluded. It found that incidents of sexual harassment, bullying, and intimidation were commonplace throughout the organization under his ownership. A billionaire bully? No way. The NFL fined the team $10 million in response, with Snyder also voluntarily stepping down from running the team's day-to-day operations for a few months, giving those responsible giving those responsibilities to his wife, Tanya. Separately, in March of 2021, reports began to surface Snyder may have intentionally underreported ticket sales to both the NFL and the IRS in order to pay a smaller share in the NFL's visiting team fund, thus allowing him to keep more of the ticket revenue than he otherwise would. Also, something to add, Snyder refused to testify this year when uh, the NFL went before Congress. That's why he's getting subpoenaed. That's why he's going to get subpoenaed now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> Uh man. Well, we'll uh let's start with Daniel Snyder because we just talked a bunch about it. The NFL has not been shy. They want to get Jeff Bezos into the commander's ownership group. They've teamed up with Amazon. They're using their analytics on ball movement, players, everything. And they want Jeff Bezos as the guy. He's in bed with the NFL. They're talking about moving NFL Sunday ticket to Amazon's streaming platform. As the basis for it, so and they already have a, a game that you can watch on Amazon for free, the the Thursday night games, correct? So it, they're they're in bed heavy with one of the biggest organizations in the world, and they want to bring in the richest man in the world. I, I imagine for the press and the prestigiousness. What do y'all think here? Is is Daniel Snyder, although he seems like a and not a great guy, is this a, is this a hit job trying to get the man in? He's the second richest man in the world, by the way. What? I know. <laughs> Dang it, Woody. Okay, sure. Fine. I know, right? For clarity. <laughs> we don't want Elon coming after us, man. Yeah, we, we do. Elon's good side. Talk I about do. us, Elon, please. Please, just one word, positive or negative, doesn't matter. Yo, Elon, F you <laughs> click in the there. crew you claim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think um, it, it's... So this is very alarming. Um, I, I don't think the NFL doesn't need Jeff Bezos. The NFL uh, is doing fine without him. I don't understand why they would want him. Um, it'd be nice. People like Jeff Bezos. I don't think people like Daniel Snyder. Even his peers, I don't think, are a huge fan of Daniel Snyder. The issue is is the lack of power 
in the NFL commissioner's office. So Roger Goodell cannot have Daniel Snyder removed. It would have to be a majority vote. Not only does it have to be a majority vote, it has to be like a like a 75% vote. So if what just six or seven owners say no, we don't want to vote Daniel Snyder out. Well, guess what? He gets to remain owner of the Commanders. So the issue here is just um it's checks and balances. No, that's real. I think that uh they would like to get further into bed with Bezos because because they use so much of his analytics, like technology and whatnot, it probably would yeah. come at a discount. I imagine. That was a nice little pun you used there. Yeah. <laughs> on your, on a, on a... <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, th- I I see it happening eventually. I mean, Snyder's really he's he's swinging with his ar- ar- arms closed because he's planning to build a new stadium. And it's it's like smaller yeah. than the current stadium. It's, I will say this though. This this is this is um so what you read here, uh let's see, forty women all worked for the organization, office workers, and or cheerleaders. <clears throat> so he didn't, you know he, everyone can get it. Everyone can get it. From the office. Sheesh. Just like, oh man. Sounds like a very hostile working place. Sounds awful. And a uh, rumor is the I that there's he's in some of those emails with uh, Mr. Gruden too. Yeah. yeah look, Daniel Snyder's not going anywhere because if there if if they got those emails on John Gruden and the NFL wasn't transparent about all the emails that they found, if John Gruden was dumb enough to do that, and there's more powerful people in his league, <clears throat> they're gonna do much much worse, and. Daniel Snyder probably has dirt on some of these guys. Daniel Snyder's not going anywhere. All right, guys. So we're going to go. We're going to do this quickly because I don't want to. We got a lot of running backs to debate today. But I just want to go down the list. Well, let's just debate the good ones, Woody. Okay, that's fine. But Rob Gronkowski, (laughs) is he the greatest tight end of all time? Without question. Right now, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, although there are guys that obviously have better stats than him, I don't think there was anyone who was more physically dominant since Dick Butkus than Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I mean, like you said, we look over total body of work. As far as the individual statistics go, there are some guys, Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, um, who Travis do have Kelsey. better numbers than Gronk. Antonio Gates. But, but when Antonio Gates, but when we break it down on a per game or per season basis, and the playoffs um, too now, too. and the playoffs, I don't, Super I don't Bowl. think it's, yeah, two I don't think it's a debate. Like Thirty six. Yeah, it's it's no debate. I don't know how. Thirty two. He's so young. It's crazy how young he is, getting out of the league. But if you watch his like tape, it's legitimately dominant. Like, we yeah. have not, like, it looks like old Jim Brown tape. Like, he's tossing dudes across the field. As an inline tight end, 90% of the time. Like, he's he's kind of outdated. Yep. Um, because now you have you have your Kyle Pitts coming in. You have your, your seam guys, athletic. Gronk could do it all. Gronk, and you look at the, 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 the guys on this list, um, I think Gronk is the best run blocker here. 
Uh, Jason Witten. Uh, I was going to say Gronk. Shannon Sharp, maybe. Shannon Sharp was a very good Give blocker. Gimme Gronk. Yeah, Gimme Gronk. You know? That's true. Kellen well, Winslow. Well, happy trails. Kellen Winslow <laughs> and not as the As long younger. as it's not his junior. <laughs> Hide your grannies. Um, oh, my gosh. The, uh, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's it on Gronk. I mean, hey, Grandma, get back in the house. <laughs> happy, happy trails. We, uh, I hope he comes back and plays one more year. I'd like to see him play with Brady again, but if not, it's been a very fun career. One of the best personalities anyone's ever had. I look forward to watching him chug a beer at his Hall of Fame induction. Just don't party. just don't talk on TV. He's 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 awful sideline. He's yeah, awful. Yeah, he is. I mean, it's not he his fault. He's, he, 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 he's, look, he looks like the poster child of like ADHD medicine, right? So yeah. uh, he's like I every mean, crazy white sorry, brothers Nate. that we've seen that we you grew up with, like the white brothers in the neighborhood that would like just like, hey, yeah, let's go climb that telephone pole. <laughs> Like, oh, uh, you go ahead and do that. Yeah. I'll watch. <laughs> they all stack on top of each other like, like gymnasts. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we need one more. Okay. <laughs> Not me. All right. But uh, before we move on to the topic at hand today, running back classes, let's pass it over to the substitute. Everyone hey. put everything on your desk away. And it's themed, so I imagine it's running backs. Nice little segue. Twisted. Hands on your desk, Woody. But he pulling up pages and stuff. <laughs> All right. You guys ready? Football Scout 365 he, fans. He needs every advantage he can get, CJ. Hey, know, he man. does. That is true. That is true. You talking about See, falling off a back. cliff. We're talking running backs today. Man, Woody yeah. fell off a cliff like Arian Foster did with the Texans. You feel me? Like, Damn, don't do like Arian Foster. <clears throat> um, All right. Since 2012, which was Brandon's magic number, since you know all of it. I, I, hands up, hands up. Right. So since 2012, there have been two rookie running backs to rush for more than 1,600 yards in a season. Who are the two? Since 2012, there have been two rookie running backs to rush for more than 1,600 yards in a season. Who are the two running backs? Wait, as a rookie, right? As a rookie, I'll, as a I'll, rookie. I'll, I'll two. I, I'm gonna kick it to you first, Woody, since you had since you had your uh, hand up wait, first. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't. I missed that as a rookie. Part. <laughs> oh no! More than eighteen hundred yards. Sixteen. Jesus. Okay, okay. Oh. Then I got one. I got the one. It's. Uh, are you ready? Are you looking it? at him? <laughs> it's you. Since 2012, there have been two rookie running backs to rush for more than 1,600 yards in a season. Who are the two? Woody, give me one of them. Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott in 2016 had 1,631 yards rushing as a rookie. Uh, Brandon, Nate, you guys want to give me the second guy? I don't know. Dalvin Cook. Nope. Solid guess. He, got, he tore his ACL. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. His Saquon, rookie season didn't count as well. Saquon, Saquon had two thousand all purpose, but it was only it was like split even. Yeah. It was a thousand thousand. Um CMC did not have a great rookie year. Lev Bell, no, nope, he yeah. was terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Kamara didn't ne- has never rushed for that straight up. Uh, I'm gonna go Todd Gurley. Yeah, it has to be Todd Gurley. Okay, and Brandon, I think you, you giving me Todd Gurley. I think I yeah, I mean, it might be talk earlier, but uh, you got to put your neck out there. Get off the fence, son. Uh, was it was it Jamal Charles? Yes, I don't like that guess. Since uh, wrong, though. Since 2012. Since 2012. All right, so, so it's not uh, early. It's about not to give Charles. you the answer. Wait, Since wait, 2012, wait. there have been two running backs to rush for more than 1,600 yards in a season. Who are the two? Um, I almost want to give you a hint, but I don't know. You said really rookie running backs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Rookie, yeah. Okay. All right, give us a hint. Give us a hint. Yeah. All right. Um, Raise your hand, Woody. Don't just blurt Woodley. it out. I know, right? He, yeah. Um. So the hint is the other running back that, that did – both of these running backs have been teammates. Oh. Darren McFadden? No. Good, good guesses, guys. Good, good guess, guesses. No, I, I, I'll tell you what, man. Every day when I finish the show, you guys help me like just feel a little bit smarter. <laughs> I have no. All right, correct answer. 2012, Alfred Morris with the Washington oh! Redskins at the time. Alfred, duh. Oh, that hit, out, that out, out of nowhere, nowhere he was so good. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Bro, that, that I remember that, that rookie year. He that won me a championship that year. I picked RG three in the last round, and I picked up Alfred Morris after week one on the waiver. When board. undrafted, every yeah. everyone know Alfred Morris because he used to drive his Toyota Celica or whatever yep. it was for the first four five years. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, one of the one of the greatest rookie running back seasons we ever saw. And then you know he came and went fast for him, but. Shout out He's Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Terrible. Probably still driving that car, too. <laughs> Probably a smart man. So, All right, guys. Well, thank you, C, for closing it out. I'm just glad to get back on my horse, at least get one of them here. There you uh, go. <laughs> needed that. Needed that. Uh, so we're going to move on and talk about running backs, y'all. We're going to talk about the best running back classes. Now, we've narrowed it down from production and other things Brandon's pulled a bunch of data that I'm going to have him go over with us briefly here. But the main classes we're going to be talking about today the are the 2017, mm-hmm. 2015, 2013, yeah. and the 2016. Some dog classes there. So, Brandon, give, give, us, give us like an overview of some of this data that you've pulled. Some of your well, favorite Well, basically, stuff. I mean, the, the way that it's ranked is using uh, pro football references, uh, weighted approximate value which basically takes three year three of their best years uses like an average number uh to rank each player so they have like a way that you can rank all the players of all time since like 1956 or something like that so like i believe tom brady is at the top of that list by the way but that's not the weighted average value this is based off of like their three best seasons so um but kind of using that number is how i came up with the rankings for draft years which kind of you know, correlates really well uh, with what, you know, you would expect the best running back draft classes to be basically of the last decade or so, with 2017 obviously leading the way, followed by 2015, 2013, and 2016 uh, using that metric. And really, I mean, the premise of this whole episode was inspired by the idea of 
the 2023 NFL draft, we project, I project that that draft coming up is going to be big time running back heavy. And we're going to see an influx of running backs coming into the NFL that stylistically match what we, uh, what we have seen from the guys from the 2017 class and, and most recent uh, draft classes, the profiles that we're looking for, it's just loaded with guys like that. And there's just a mixture of different styles and sizes of players. But one of the things that really stands out for the 2023 draft looking ahead is the receiving ability of these players. So uh, with the 2017 class being probably the focus of our conversation to start our discussion today, that's really the motivation behind it is kind of digging in and looking for those profiles and, and figuring it out exactly what what are we going to get in that 2023 class? Is it going to be on par with some of the best? For sure. Well, let's dive into this 2017 NFL draft class, running back draft class. So at the top, uh, right now, production wise and value wise, Alvin Kamara in the third round, probably going to number one. Christian McCaffrey was taking number five overall, probably be in the number one spot if he had been healthier the last couple seasons. Uh, Dalvin Cook was picking in the second round. He's sitting there at number three. Aaron Jones, best bang for your buck. Fifth okay. round out of Texas El Paso. One of the most explosive scorers we've seen in the red zone. UTEP. Kareem Hunt could easily be at the top of this list if he hadn't ran into trouble with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was well on his way. Yeah, and yeah, that's 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 something to look and at. Look, you know the, the one thing I just want to add is, um, even though some may say running back is probably one of the easiest positions to play and just to transition to in the NFL, and that may be true, but things like pass protection is a big deal, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you bring up Aaron Jones. So Aaron Jones' first two years in Green Bay, I don't know if you guys ever remember his usage. But it felt like he wasn't used enough his yeah. first two years in the league. And um, just to see where he's at now. And the, the biggest reason was that was pass protection and just kind of saving him. So um, it, it's it's kind of ideal. So if you have a running back potential, um, you don't want to use him too early, right? So they had Aaron Jones. I, f- I forgot the running back he was kind of playing behind. He was splitting time with. I know it was Javante. I well, Jamal Ty Williams. Montgomery and then okay. Jamal Williams. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they never really gave Aaron Jones, like, the, the full range until a few years ago. The craziest yeah. part is we haven't even gotten to Joe Mixon yet. Joe Mixon <laughs> was, like, one of the best running backs in the league. Let it help bring the Spangles to the Super Bowl last year. Same with Len- Leonard Fournette is number seven on this list. And he is he was one of the most hyped up prospects at running back all time people do not remember people really thought leonard Fournette was the next coming Verrill campbell like they thought this Mm -hmm. man was going to be the best running back by far and last year i think we saw his versatility and how he's grown as an athlete with the bucks and how much they leaned on him but i hope we can see it again because man he was special still looks a little awkward as a receiver Every time I yeah. see him out there, he's I not as so fluid. Too. Yeah, it's not just waiting fluid. for him to drop it. it. Yeah. But hey, he did it. Like, yeah, he can't knock yeah. it. He, you know I mean? <laughs> he was forced. He was forced to do it. Bro, it, it James, it's, it's James Connor scored man. 15 touchdowns last year, and he's nine on this list. Chris yeah. Carson has literally yeah. had huge moments for the Seattle. This is seventh this round is, pick. This might be the best running back class of all time. 
I'd like to see even further paths 2012 who stacks up against this. Like overall yeah. wise, like all these guys, we're 12 we're 12 deep on fantasy starters. Yeah, there's still guys <laughs> and 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 the majority of these guys obviously 26, 27 years old and all the top names are still starters, you know, even for their respective all the teams, bottom so. names are still sitting there on rosters too. Yeah. Like, look at these Tariq Cohen retired because of injury. Marlon Mack. He's still out there. Gallman still out there. Perrine still out there. And, Brian Hill still out there. And Foreman. that's an outlier because yeah. Brandon, as you've kind of talked to us about, so this is a 2017 year draft class. So these guys have been in the league for what, four going on five years. And as what he says, these guys are still on a roster. Whereas I know you crunched some numbers, you ran some data that suggested what the oh, average. These guys, this uh, 2017 class so far, 2.8 years, they're, they're, they should surpass that average. Sure. Um, all right, let's move on to the, your second-ranked draft class, Brandon. That would be the 2015 draft class, correct? Yes. Okay. So this one, this one's pretty stacked, too. Yeah. Uh, this one is more top heavy though. So you got yeah. Todd Gurley up top, who once again we're going to be looking back at Todd Gurley with some of who who are some guys that had really strong starts but just overworked and end up Sean Alexander, Alfred uh, Morris. Yeah, that's Morris. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Todd Gurley's was probably the worst one though, right? Like it, it, it like John Alexander fell off pretty heavy after like three years of a yeah. Lot of work. Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson yeah, had like, one. yeah. Oh, that, and while we're Larry, in Kansas City, might as well drop Priest Holmes in there too. Priest Holmes stretched out for like five years though. Yeah. La yeah Larry, yeah. Larry had like a two thousand yard year, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Let people yeah. forget Larry Johnson was Saquon before at Penn State before Saquon. Like Larry Johnson was the truth. Yeah. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley had one of the more prolific, like junior like the third and fourth years in in the league yeah. i've ever seen well like, he put up yeah. numbers with jeff fisher as his coach as a rookie so that says something <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they i forgot they were the st louis rams back then yeah yeah that's um, interesting too melvin two. gordon over time now has taken this second spot i'll give melvin gordon this i Go know, ahead, because you give him everything else, too. Go ahead. No, I'll give him this. He's He doesn't have the greatest vision of all time, but out of all these backs, he's got a nose for the end zone. He really does have a special I nose can't for argue the end that. zone. I, I can't argue he gets, that. He gets all. around the red zone. He just finds a way. He like, does. It's not pretty. It'll stumble in. He's getting dragged by three people, but he gets that nose in the end zone. That's, yeah. He's good for that. I just like that he's a, he plays a role. You know, yep. he doesn't he's not the absolute full time guy. And I think that that's helped him. And I think other, you know, backs can really benefit from that same thing. You're seeing that across the league. You're seeing the Jets, you know, draft Brees yep. Hall, even though we have Michael Carter, you know, Great. that that's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Then you have David Johnson and people people forget because it was only one year. David Johnson put together one of the greatest running back seasons Oh, Talking about guys coming and going. We yeah, we didn't mention <laughs> his name. But you know what? He was he was I, I remember that year. Uh he wasn't necessarily efficient on the ground, but he's on a bad Arizona offense. They weren't great running the ball. I think he I think he averaged less than four yards per carry, but he made up for it in touchdowns and he also had uh he caught a lot of balls. A lot 16, of balls. A lot of balls. Sixteen touchdowns. He averaged four point two on the ground. Okay, oh, that's so, better okay. than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. 
But he was he was the man. Tevin Coleman, one of the best change of pace backs the last decade, yeah. I'd say. That that man, he he was part of a great backfield with Devontae Freeman. He was there during the Super Bowl run. They were that was one of the best tandems that year. Shanahan's uh, guy. Yeah. Yep. Duke Shan- Duke Johnson. He's had some great years. He uh he was part of mm-hmm. one me and CJ's probably most volatile trade that we've ever had in fantasy. He still is mad at me. You, I forgot yeah, Saquon about Barkley yeah. first, De- first. Des Bryant and Duke Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. We can count on one hand how, how many trades we've done since then. So <laughs> I don't even remember, so but I just bad. know. I just know when DJ I see, doesn't when trade I see at all what now. he queued up, I'm like, ah. Uh, he brings it, yeah. he brings it every time. Listen, man, I didn't know Des was going to retire. <laughs> hey, look. Something something that you're not pointing out here on this 2015 list, um, and maybe you're going to get to it, Jay, Jay Ajayi. Yeah, Jay Ajayi. kind of came in with that. Yeah. Talk about, talk about a flash in the pan. That guy that guy had five 200-yard rushing games in a single stupid, season. Something crazy, It was, like, man. just disgusting. And then they were like, no, nah, we don't want you. We'll trade you. And then it was like, yeah, we'll take him. And then they're like, uh, we'll trade you back. Yeah. The Eagles. And also the the fantasy waiver wire star. I feel like the guy for over five years probably had the most fab dropped on him mid season than any other player. Mike Davis. Mike did. Da- everyone picks up Mike Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, that's the guy. That's the guy. Gonna I mean, even NFL teams, right? <laughs> yeah. NFL teams pick him up every time he's. Bro, out. I picked like, him up in our in our dynasty league because they signed him to Baltimore. I was like, maybe. Who knows? Dobbins bust. Know. They aren't. Yeah. They aren't performing. Maybe it'll throw injury. Him out there. All that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this one was more top heavy. You don't see a lot of these backups still sticking around. Amir Abdul is still returning kicks, uh, for somebody. I can't remember. Gosh. Who. The lines picked him, and I about vomited. That's right. Uh, <laughs> hey, he's smart. They picked him in the California, second round, right? What? No, he's California. Wasn't he Nebraska? Oh yeah. Oh, Nebraska. he is Nebraska. Yep. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. What's my man heard his job at best? Um, let's talk about the 2013 class. So this is the third ranked class. Now this one. It's really top heavy. This one's very top heavy, but you got a lot of backups. That lasted for like yeah. a good five year stretch underneath. So you got Le'Veon Bell, what probably the father to the modern day running back, I think at yeah, this point, right? Set the stage. Yeah. That really. Like uh, it's he just redefined the position. And yeah. I think like when we talk about guys that change the game, I hope Le'Veon Bell stays in the conversation because no one was used like a dual threat like Le'Veon Bell was. And it was hard to work in work ethic. Le'Veon mm-hmm. Bell coming into the NFL. Everyone thought he was too slow. Too slow, can't catch the ball out the backfield. And then look Which at what he turned into. Vision and patience, man, in the backfield is what defined him. And other players have tried to mimic his game. I know, Woody, when we do after further review running back stuff, you know, anytime you, love comparing the, any- anytime <laughs> you catch a running back, Who's dancing around the backfield, you know, kind of looking they for jump the hole go. and jump yep. out of the yep. hole. Yeah. How far can they? Yep. And Nate knows exactly how far can he get in there before he kind of bounces out and goes a different direction. And and that's he made it's an art, man. He's baiting linebackers to get Squeezing them to the come hole. downhill. Yep. Squeeze the it's hole. It's ridiculous. Bounce. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, got- we have not given him credit to the point where he literally was the third down back 
for like 10 years. Like he out he outlived like four sets of starters in Cincinnati. Still getting yeah. re-signed, doing his role, showing up. Yeah. Big he was Jeremy Hill's game. number two. Yep. Rudy Johnson's number two. He's he's been uh, out there a minute. I do I, I do think this 2013 year, um, it's a bit heavy at the top. But I mean, when you go through it, you got Kyle uh Kyle how do you say his last name? Use check. Thank you. Use check. Uh the Pro Bowler, future Hall of Famer. I he was drafted by the Ravens. Chris Thompson. Latavius Murray has had he some had great some seasons. Years. Great backup. Yep. Oh. Zach Stacy was Niall a flash Davis. in the pan. Yep, Zach Stacy. Spencer Ware had Mike, some big Mike games Gillesey. filling in for uh, Jamal Charles, Mike, too. Yeah. Mike Gillisey, yeah, that's true. Zach Stacy, don't forget, he had like 800 yards rushing filling in for Todd Gurley, right, when he got injured? I'm pretty sure Monty not, Ball not yeah. is the reason why a lot of people were so down on Melvin Gordon. Monte, Monte Ball did oh, it, dude. Yeah. I mean, Everyone it, thought he was going to be it, great. It wasn't just... Amani Ball. I mean, it was it was it's all the bat. Yeah. Thank he you. Was the worst one. Because this, James this, White this, was was he be he was after right? He was just like after. a year but later. He was never going to be that guy. The the one the one thing about Wisconsin running backs. Let's be honest. There's been two right. Two Wisconsin running backs that have been fairly successful in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor being being the most recent one, and he's good. He's a bit like steal out of the second round. Like the Chiefs could have picked him instead of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Thank. Thank, thank. Oh my God. Go to the go. Whoever you are, Woo. go find Kansas City. <laughs> That's Chiefs the biggest GM and myth. say thank you for not picking Jonathan Taylor. Well, that was that would be disgusting. Patrick yeah. Mahomes, he wanted Clyde. That yeah, was like well, that was his call. You know, Patrick Mahomes. Maybe, maybe this is why we don't let uh, young, yep. uh, like we just don't let players Amen. make GM decisions. I'm just right. saying. I'll like, tell you what. I'll tell you what. Crazy. I've been the biggest Clyde Edwards. Alaire Downer on this podcast, probably not a believer. I've spoken out on it, but Dylan plug ears. Um, I read a little thing yesterday, and this is a spicy fantasy nugget for y'all. Did you know last year, apparently Clyde Edwards Alaire had to get like oh yeah gallbladder surgery. Yep. He, he was the down to 160. He lost he lost like 20 pounds of muscle. He couldn't train properly. That's just interesting to me. If he no, came that, in that, and he that's... was weak for the season. He's back to full strength, and they have to lean on the run game a little bit more this year without Tyreek Hill. That's a sleeper guy that I'm looking at in the sixth round. I'm like, maybe, maybe. I, I mean, I saw everything. Like, I drafted him and in, in his rookie year, and I saw everything I needed to his rookie season. Like, he's he's not that guy. Like, take it to the bank. Like, he's not he's not your guy. I'm if you want, you like, that, Nate. I, me and me and C had an immediate conversation his rookie year where he got stuffed on the goal line those first few games. Yep, I remember like, that. Theo, theoretic, but back to 2013, theoretic. Oh, solid, yeah. sol, solid guy Legit for Detroit flex starter. for a really long time. Three yeah. years in fantasy for sure. Rex uh, Burkhead out of Rex Nebraska Burkhead has had some huge games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, Spencer yeah. Ware, he filled in for Jamal Charles a few games too. Had some big games. Uh, Christian Michael was the fantasy sleeper for like four years. <laughs> yeah. Too long. Every four years. Everyone loved. <laughs> Kenyon Barner was one of the most exciting college running backs of that decade. And he he just was a kick returner. Definitely Jonathan Franklin, I thought, was going to be good. He didn't do anything. Uh, Christian then, Michael ha- had to have like benefited so much on paper from just playing with Johnny Football. Yeah, probably. 
All right, let's talk about uh, the 2016 running back class. This was this will be our last one. Now this one, this is the big boy class. This is the if we were choosing like a class that we needed to punish a team in the fourth quarter and run the football down their throat. This is the one. A lot yeah. of big boys in this class. Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry. You could stop right there. Those two up at the top. That's those two Zeke legends. Is like right there. the ultimate inside zone downhill mm-hmm. oh, first yeah. down getter when you need three yards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Derrick Henry is might be the most freight train like force we've ever seen run with a football. Like he picks up speed going downhill. There's no That's stopping. the key. Yeah. That's who they should have been comparing to Errol Campbell. That's it. Yeah. That's uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Uh, Kenyon Drake had out of all these guys. I, I I mean, literally, I think he's had more explosive touchdown runs than Ezekiel Elliott. Like, that's just saying how ex- how many times he's taken it to the house from distance, not how good he is. Kenyon Drake, yeah, but uh, that great point. He's not. He's a solid player. He's not that good. He's a big he, player. To, to me, he's he's a guy on this list from 2015, 2016 on up up until now. He's overachieved. In college football, and even up until now, the adversity he was faced with at Alabama when he broke his leg, being behind Derrick Henry, uh, all of that. And just not being every down back, because he's not, right? But obviously, uh, teams felt good enough about him to draft him in the third round. And now, look, average lifespan, what, four years in the NFL? He's about to be going into, what, sixth, seventh year? So, I mean, hey, that's a win-win. Do you see him returning back to usefulness, like? Like that change of pace. Man. Stick a fork in him. You know how I feel, man. Yeah. You know how I feel. I, I think I, I, there's a trend with running backs, man. Running backs trend like this, and then it's all downhill from there. There's only so, one Adrian Peterson. Yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, here's a question from this class I'd like to frame for y'all. Uh, this this is probably a good way to close it. There aren't too many guys to cover down there near the bottom. Um, Jordan Howard had some good success. Alex Collins has had his moments, but everyone else is pretty thin. But let's talk about Ezekiel and Derrick Henry. We had an episode about a month ago where we talked about if they could return to fashion. You talked about guys that go downhill after serious injuries. Well, Zeke, he's been banged up the last two years, but last year he had a legit quad injury. And Derrick Henry, though, that's the one I worry about because he's a big man. Foot, when big yeah. men start having foot problems. Like I'm a big NBA guy. He's a big NBA guy. You know, Yao Ming, Zio Gaskis. Like yeah. there's the, anybody who's big, and you start having foot problems. It's usually the beginning of the end because they can't it's heal properly. Just too much weight on the foot when you're going through the healing process. Yeah. Even when you do surgery and put like screws in, you're just so big. It's too hard to hold stuff together. Do yeah. we see Derrick Henry fall here? after the incredible workload that he's had the last few years. Last year he was on pace for 400 carries. Yeah, he definitely needs to – he needs help. I agree with Brandon. Um, needing help. Uh, I think the biggest thing is, like, his usage as like, as, like, the team needs to use him less if they want him to be there long term. Otherwise, he's going to – he's got two years left if they keep trying to pound, in, pound, pound him into the ground. Yeah, look, I, I'll say this. Um, sh- should he fall off? Yes, he should. Does he supposed to fall off? Yeah, he's supposed to fall off. He's an, he's, he's an anomaly, and I yeah. don't know if he will. And I'll also say this. 
I don't disagree. Maybe they should be a bit more frugal in their usage of him. But I'll rewind you guys back to three, four years ago when he had DeMarco Murray there, right, splitting time with him. And then after DeMarco Murray left, he had uh, Deion Lewis, right, who was splitting too much time with him. And then at some point, Vrabel was like, you know what? This guy gets better as the game goes on. We just got to feed him 30 30 times. So I I say that to say (laughs) you guys are are, are right, but Derrick Henry is such an anomaly and such an outlier. Yeah. Maybe you just got to keep feeding him. Maybe he's the one guy that you just got to use up. You just got to use him. I mean, in, there's a there's a lot of uh, like people's bodies respond differently to training. It's it's essentially basically he's like he starts at a certain pace and he just doesn't slow down. Like he like he doesn't fall off and everyone else is tired on the defensive side of the ball. And he's like, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I've been going to 90 percent this entire game. I don't have to top. I don't have to red line because he's exactly. just that good. And I, I, I CJ, when you when you when you phrase it like that. I can get on board with that. I I don't see any reason why that wouldn't that would change. It's and, I mean at the end of the day, Tennessee stay together. Tennessee has guys, you know, Derrick Henry missed time last year. They got guys that can get them yards. Uh what do you brought up Foreman? Uh they had the Haskins, another Haskins, the Raiders. Foreman Foreman's now in Carolina now, but they got McNichols now. They got okay. uh Julius Chestnut. I believe yeah. that they signed him and he's kind of a secret. Right, I, so I think it, it was a just, mistake letting Foreman go. He was, he was. It's nice well, to have a guy that you don't have to change your playbook. It is, but he, but he wasn't. Uh, again, just based on what I just, I don't think he would play just because you have uh, almost to what we were talking about with Dalvin Cook before the show and how Madison doesn't get the playing time he probably deserves, and it's because well, you got to take <laughs> Dalvin off the field with Derrick Henry, man. It's he's just so good. True. He's yeah. he's the yeah. only guy that I look at with his body, I would consider in the Adrian Peterson. Like, oh no, he's a freak. Yeah. Like he, I, he opens the offense too. I, I mean, I, I agree. I but if if there's a if you're asking me to put money on which which running back will return to form this year, my money's on Zeke. I think Zeke's yeah. in a better situation. You you are you are on a a lone island with Zeke. Do you you feel he could have like back to his like sixteen hundred form or more like twelve? No, I I mean I mean I think I think you're probably looking at between twelve and fourteen this year, if he stays healthy. the the line The line is great. Dak it, Dak's healthy. Uh, you've yeah. got Tony Pollard to spell him when he needs it. He's on a massive deal. Like it, all all signs point to use Zeke as much as humanly possible because he's probably not going to be there in the next year maybe even the year after that but just because of the yeah. contract situation yeah he's going after next year 100 percent, he's gone i said it here first he's gone, so <laughs> he's it, gone. i mean if he's it, gone like, that means they're gonna give him the rock for sure yeah yeah like it, it makes no sense if he's if he's healthy why you're not just going to say carry us keeps everyone else on your team healthy as well then mm. greatest pass blocking back in the nfl yeah on I mean, top of one of the best rushers that's that's impressive. All right, guys. Well, uh, we have we have some running back duos, but we'll save that for the next episode where we co- keep going over running backs. Uh, we've we've gone over the best draft classes today. We want to know: is there any draft classes that maybe you think rival this one? Let it let us yeah. know in our comments. 
um, for Brandon Lumberg, CJ McLaughlin, and Nate Parker. We are Football Scout 365. Uh, after further review, coming soon. Go check out the highlight tapes. These are the athletes we'll be going over first. And thanks for tuning in. Hey. 